and welcome back to the Whatcom Dads Podcast, the podcast where we talk about being dads here in the beautiful Northwest. I'm Nathan Dwyer. I am Chris Roselli, and I am back. And I'm Mark Bagley, and this week we talk about chores for our kids, and we sample some Pacific Northwest beers. Well, welcome back, Chris. We hope you had a good uh, spring break trip. Wait, and, wait, wait. Uh, Where, where's Mike? So Chris is back now? Uh, temporarily, okay. maybe. All well, right. I got a talking to. So, you know, this is I'm, I'm back on a probationary basis. So you had a two-week uh, two week probation, <laughs> and you served it. Now you're back to see, we'll see how you do. It's kind of like a timeout for your kids. Uh, what did you think of your replacement? I thought he was great. I First of all, uh, we were listening to the podcast as we were on the road in the middle of nowhere, Utah, doing our National Parks trip, which was really wonderful. And when Mike mentioned that uh, when he was telling his childbirth story, um, or the childbirth story of his child, um, and he said that his wife was on a hike nine days before her due date, mm-hmm. I, I laughed out loud. I'm thinking, who is this person? Who does that? And so I really need to meet Mike, but more, even more so, I need to meet his wife one of these days and shake her hand because, once again, proof that women are just better than men in so many ways. Yeah, Nathan, you did a great job in keeping that tradition going where the wives are way better than the husbands. <laughs> yes, I'm happy. Uh, shout out to Charlotte. Uh, happy to make the introduction. So what would you think of our bracket? Did we end up with the right winner? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I Although I can't believe it went to a tiebreaker at the end. I thought it was just going to be a unanimous uh, making memories was going to be it. So uh, I'm really glad that it came down to a tiebreaker and you had to pick the winner. If it had gone the other way, I would have called for some sort of recount until Chris came back because I think Chris would have gone with the whole memory thing. So I, was oh, a little, yeah. I was a little nervous there, but uh, Nathan came through. Well, especially as I was driving around, uh, we drove over 1,900 miles making memories you know which so it, it was really fitting that uh, that that was the overall winner well hold that thought because i have some questions about how your parenting went on this 10 uh, day <laughs> trip through multiple states multiple national parks sure. but i want to give myself a little bit of props because in the final four edition of the bracket i did say that one of the matchups was sort of like an overtime buzzer beater and then what do you know, Gonzaga actually hits an overtime buzzer beater right. to advance. Now, they got uh, they got it handed to them in the next game, but yeah, that was pretty uh, prophetic, I think. Yep, yep. All right, Chris, let's hear about this trip, but through the lens of our podcast. So from a parenting perspective, my first question for you is, what was the biggest parenting challenge that presented itself on your spring break trip? Uh, the biggest parenting challenge was to maintain my patience throughout the entire trip um you know what starts out is this super excitement we're going on this big trip and i'm so excited to be doing this road trip and we're getting on a plane and over time you know dragging the poor kids out of bed we got up at 6 a.m almost every morning to try to fit in everything that we wanted to do and um after a while you know i mean the, the kids are sharing a back seat riding in the car for hours on end as we're going between national parks and there's walking hiking trails and they're tired and everything else and after a while there were only so many you could hear our 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 sighs they were more audible very clear more clearly audible as the as the week went on between amy and i so um from the parent perspective patience right you know and just realizing seeing the bigger picture if you can't squeeze everything in that's fine. If it means taking a break and spending an afternoon at a pool instead of taking a hiking trail, 
That's totally fine. And one of the funny stories is we planned all these hikes, all these places that we were going to see. And in our last place in Zion, we check into our hotel and behind the hotel is a little uh, open field and it's got some ponies and some goats. And I think the kids were more excited to see that then you could have taken them to else. Ferndale. Right, that's it. I could have taken them to Bagley's house. Hovander Park. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they did see a lot of rocks. They did the see a lot days. of rocks. I mean, how many rocks and dusty trails can you see, you know, but it was pretty special. How quickly can you name the seven parks you went to? Uh, Joshua Tree, Grand Canyon, Canyonlands, uh, Arches, Bryce, Capitol Reef, and Zion. Good job. Nice job. Yeah. Kind of went in that order. And uh, one funny small side story uh, from a parenting perspective, you know, everything about parenting also is about creating learning experiences for your children. And so we got off the plane in uh, Palm Springs where we started and there was this big line for our rental car. And so we waited and waited and I turned to Lexi and I said, who's 15. And I said, Hey Lexi, you know, so something to keep in mind when you're checking into a hotel or getting a rental car, anytime where there's a service person who's helping you, be as friendly as possible. Sometimes it can lead to a neat little upgrade or something. And if it doesn't, you've just made their day because they're dealing with people who are just not nice to them all day long. And so we get to the counter and Lexi, who is already super personable, lays on the charm offensive like crazy. And we walk away with an upgrade of a BMW X3 SUV. No. <laughs> what did you pay way. for? Like a Hyundai? <laughs> we paid, yeah, we paid for a standard SUV. Yeah, like, like a basic little Hyundai. And instead they give us this ridiculous vehicle that the girls named Roxy. It was so fast. Actually, it was so fast I got a ticket outside of Zion, outside of Moab. <laughs> That's the um, cost of doing business. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, that would have been like a $1,500 rental, which the ticket wasn't even close to that. So. so so my favorite rental car story is we were in Hawaii and rented a car, and they offered me an upgrade at the counter, and they, they gave me a convertible. <laughs> PT Cruiser. Back when, PT, back when PT Cruisers were cool. They were never they were, cool. I was going to say, they, I, they I had no idea cool. they were ever cool. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Was it purple? It might have been. <laughs> anyway, we get this convertible in Hawaii. I'm fired up. Annette is fired up. Kids hated it. Oh, <laughs> too windy. Hated the top down. It's too windy. It's too loud. I was so done with that. Was the end of the trip, and I was ready to leave him in Hawaii and come home by myself. <laughs> well, what was your overall favorite moment of the trip? One of the great highlights was in Canyonlands National Park, which is sort of a you know the 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 stepchild of of arches. Not everybody goes to Canyonlands. There's a beautiful arch there, but there's a road there called the Schaefer Trail, and it is a switchback road, which the only way to describe it is like the the Lombard Street in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It's the Lombard Street of National Park Trails. You go from the rim to the floor on these switchbacks um, that are just terrifying. And uh, I thought, you know what? We've got this SUV. Let's do it. You have to have a 4x4 SUV to do it. Oh, it's a driving. It's not a walking trail. Oh, no. It's it's a a driving trail. And it's, oh how'd Roxy do? She handled it like a champ. And so it was, so to see the kids and Amy, you know, I'm just, the scenery was amazing. And so I'd point at a clip, look at the colors of that. And Amy's like, Chris, both hands on the steering wheel. Seriously, <laughs> quit pointing at things. Um, but that was really special to get away from the crowds, go on a gravel trail, find places that were, um, oh, just to, just, just gave us a little bit of respite and, um, uh, Got a chance to be out just us. It was really quite special. 
Well, we're glad you're back, and we're glad that we can record in person again. We're outside. It's 65 degrees. Mm. Uh, feels pretty nice. Yeah, last time we did this, it was uh, pelting rain. <laughs> you could hear it in the background of yeah. the podcast. So this is boring. way better. Way better. Well, yeah. it's really good to be back and see you guys, too. I missed you. Eh, we missed you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you found, a, you, you found a replacement very quickly. I don't know. So, Mark, uh, you probably didn't get much of a spring break being an empty nester yourself. Uh, no, there wasn't much of a spring break. We didn't go anywhere, but uh, I played golf with Ben. You guys know how much I hate golfing, but he and I actually <laughs> played a round of golf, which was interesting. Nice. Uh, big news, though, that happened over spring break is that our daughter has announced that she's moving to Boston. Whoa! Whoa. She Whoa. got a, uh, a new job within her company. And she's transferring to Boston, Massachusetts, and oh. she's moving Memorial Day weekend. That's quick. Yeah. Sad for you guys, but how exciting for her. Sad for us. But, you know, she was uh, went, went to college a long ways away and yeah. was gone for five years. And we figured this is probably a three- to five-year adventure for her. Mm-hmm. She's always wanted to live on the East Coast, and this is her chance to do it. And she's got a phenomenal job with a, I mean, a great salary, great benefits, the whole deal. And she's going to hop in her car and I-90 all the way from here to Boston. Literally. Yeah, it it's, connects. It's I-90 right. the whole yeah, way. Seattle to Boston uh-huh. is all connected. Yeah. Wow. So we're super excited for her. We're going to miss her terribly. But in today's day and age with the way we can communicate. Yeah. Well, sad for you, but uh, exciting for your daughter. Super exciting for her. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's big news. That was big news. Wow. That was big good news. for her. Yeah. My news isn't quite as big, but with vaccinated parents, we got to have them come spend about five days with us. And man, was that great for our kids. You know, trying to make up for lost time and just do all the things that you haven't been able to do. And uh, it was just really great. And one thing we did, which uh, listeners might be interested in, if you go down to Burlington to the AMC theaters there, you can rent a theater for a group of up to 20 people. So we did that with just our family and were able to pick a movie out of this list of about 20, 25 kind of greatest hits of movies. And it was the first time my three-year-old and five-year-old had ever been in a theater. Oh, so my gosh. It was a, yeah, that makes sense. It I was mean, a really cool experience. I got to share that with their grandparents. And uh, I think we might have spent more on concessions than the theater rental. But, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to take a little trip down to Burlington, you can have a COVID-safe uh, private theater rental. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson & Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson & Cole, when you need us, we will be here. All right, we're going to go a little out of order this week, and we're going to start our Whatcom Dads Recommend earlier in the show. And that's because this week we're doing a live Northwest Breweries beer tasting. Chris, those are the worst pours I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm just doing it so you can hear it. So we've uh, chosen three beers that need... Three beers or three foams? Three well, foams. <laughs> if Chris is Mark, pouring, it's partly I, mostly it, it foam. It was just for that, that, like, that Budweiser commercial sound, you know? 
So we're going to run through these at different parts of the podcast today. So we've got three Northwest breweries, things that none of us have ever tried before. So Chris, introduce the first thing that we're going to taste. We are tasting a delicious uh, Twin Sisters Czech-style Pilsner, it's called, From Now On. This is Twin Sisters here in Bellingham. Yep. And, and Czech as in C-Z-E-C-H? That is correct. Yep. So a Czechoslovakian style Pilsner. Oh, it's kind of... It's got that little bite to it. little spice. I was going to say it's like a soft and maltiness. There's a, yeah, it's, yeah, the maltiness. But it's... it's uh, the, the flavor is... It's kind of flat to me. <laughs> could be because Chris poured it poorly. There's a really good chance I could. So my apologies to Twin Sisters Brewery for our our poor server here. It tastes kind of like a Kolsch, I would say. Mm-hmm. But you're right. On a hot day, with a cold glass out of the freezer, yeah, this would be very refreshing. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, while we enjoy that, uh, I've got a little game for you guys. We're going to play Would You Rather Dad's Edition. <laughs> so we're going to alternate... Would you rather Dad's edition? First question. Chris, you're going to go first on this one. Okay. Would you rather have a young child who wakes you up two times each night, but then sleeps till nine, or a child who sleeps through the night, but wakes up at 4.30? Do we know how long they're up in the middle of the night? Just like crying and then put them back down? Enough for you to have to get up. (sighs) That's a tough one, huh? I've experienced both in was, the last couple of years. I was anticipating you to say like six. 4.30 is that's, still, that's like, that's no. early. That's the, Man. that's, it's still dark. Even in the summer, it's still dark at yeah. 4.30. Yeah. You know, I, I can sleepwalk my way through putting my child back to sleep if they wake up twice in the middle of the night. So I would, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up twice. I'm with you. I, I yeah the four thirty that's what are you gonna do like you're not even hungry you're not gonna make breakfast you can't go mow the lawn you can't like who wants to go for a run at four thirty in the morning well and you can't because the, anyway, kid, the kid's, kids awake, awake. Yeah. and you're you want to make sure your wife can sleep so you can't make noise you can't do anything no yeah that would be miserable I think you guys got it right and uh, my wife <laughs> takes the brunt of this and she currently has a child who wakes her up a couple times each night but oh. does sleep until about nine so oh. that, that's, uh, yeah that's the, the light is at the end of the tunnel for you guys I tell you. Unless you have so. another, you should have the fourth. You know, uh, I visited a doctor about that, and uh, <laughs> if we have a fourth, there's either a delivery driver who's paying too much attention to my wife, or that doctor didn't do his job. Wow. wow. <laughs> Would you rather eat baby food out of a jar for all three meals one day, or give your three-year-old child a double espresso shot with each meal that day? Oh, God. Not only the, the, the hyper activity that could come from that, but what is a diaper going to look like? You know, that just can't be good. <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought about that. You know, baby food to me there's is not that bad. And actually still to this day, one of my favorite meals is that boxed rice cereal that Gerber makes. Put some milk in it, sprinkle a little sugar on it. My, my wife and kids think it's absolutely disgusting looking. I love that stuff. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's one of your favorite meals? Well, it's just like one of my little treats. You know, if I go and I'm like, you know, I'm going to buy myself some Fruit Loops and a box of Gerber baby cereal. So you're still buying baby food. Mark, what about it? <laughs> Double shots of espresso or baby food? 
I'd go baby food too, because actually I did enjoy some of those little jars, like the bananas. Oh, oh yeah. I like yeah, the bananas. Yeah. The little hot dogs were good. Uh, I don't know if I ever did hot dogs. My kids aren't big hot dogs. Ben does not like hot dogs. You're kidding me. Blasphemy. Is that, it's un-American. Uh, yeah. Are you sure he's your child? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll go baby food, too, although it would be kind of fun to give my kids some espresso and then hand her off to somebody else. Oh, that's a good idea. All right. Let's wrap up with one more. Would you rather talk to your daughter about her period or have her show her teacher your internet browsing history for the last month. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Do you want to go first? Uh, I definitely would have uh, her show the teacher the internet browsing history. Mine's easy because I actually already talked to my daughter about her period. I mean, as Amy has said many times over to Lexi and Alyssa, I hope you realize how lucky you are that you have a dad that is so open and and comfortable having a conversation. So, I mean, I've, I've gone to the grocery store to buy, uh, buy feminine products. I have, you know, done it all. I've done it all. So that, that's an easy one for me. I I'd go browsing history. I'm with Nathan there. I'll be darned. Not that I have anything to hide really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Well, I hope that was enjoyable. Uh, would you rather dad's edition? All right, we are on to our second beer. Mark, tell us what we're drinking now. Uh, this is the Elastic Shadow Imperial Hazy IPA out of the Colshan Brewing Company from Bellingham, Washington. Chris, uh, you took a first taste. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. It's like a breakfast beer. I that? am not a huge IPA person. It's like somebody put a little orangey citrus yumminess in it. Um, it's just really good. Chris, it says big and bold IPA with notes of grapefruit, tropical fruits, and pine. That, there you go. I, I can taste the grapefruit. It's oh, really good. I'm not. That's yeah, the pine. It's it's good. It's, I like this it. This is. I rank it higher than the last one. Not that the last one was bad. The last one was maybe more plain. This one would be more complex. Super flavorful. Wow, that Super is really flavorful. good. Yeah. Nice job, Colshin. All right, let's talk about our parenting topic, which this week is chores. How do you get your kids to do them? What's appropriate for them to do? Any tips or tricks? Uh, I linked to a couple of articles that I uh, found that were helpful and interesting, and also another NPR Life Kit podcast about getting your kids to help with chores. So I want to start by asking you guys, uh, Chris, at your girls' ages right now, what sort of chores do they have responsibility for the Roselli household? Um, keeping the room clean, uh, doing the dishes after dinner, um, cleaning up there after themselves downstairs, whatever that might be in the family room, um, putting their shoes away, things that we are always reminding them to do. Um, taking the dog for a walk, taking the dog for a walk. Thank you for remembering that. Yep. So they, uh, they do that without being asked. That's pretty amazing that they do that, that part pretty darn, uh, automatically um but we do not have an allowance that we've never had an allowance in our house uh as i I sort of follow the same rule my dad had which was the allowance is called a roof over your head that's 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 what you get so (laughs) way to go mr roselli (laughs) i love it oh byron yeah so i say the same thing to the kids they know that that's the answer how about mark when your kids were like just about out of the house like late into high school uh so here is my parenting mistake of the week 
My problem is that I like to do it myself because then I know it gets done right. Ooh, I'm glad you said that because I've got something to talk about there, but continue. So the kids never did the dishes because I do them correctly. The kids never did the laundry because I do it correctly. The kids never picked up the dog poop because I was very thorough and got it all. You know, I walk around bare feet in the yard. And- right. And so that, looking back, you know, I should have been a little less rigid and let them do more things. I just like things done a certain way, and so that was not great. No, they did chores. They cleaned the cat litter box. They fed the animals. They took out the trash. They kept the rooms clean, blah, blah, blah. But they could have done a whole lot more, but I just was too stubborn to let them do it. Yeah, so at this point, our seven-year-old sets the table. That's her nightly chore. And the three- and five-year-old unload the dishwasher. And the five-year-old's pretty proficient, the three-year-old is a mess. Um, <laughs> I would, can't I even would imagine. Not trust, I, I don't think we had our kids. Un, I mean, you no. gotta be, I'm sure you're helping along, right? Like, do, you, do you have all plastic plates? We don't. And as a matter of fact, this past weekend, a glass bowl shattered. <laughs> I swept it up. I mopped. And twice I stepped on a piece of glass in the days that followed. So I have the scars to prove it. She doesn't do a great job. And she piles a lot of it on the counter. And she asks cool. for help. But I think it's just starting the process that early that she understands that this is part of being the team, the family, and cooperating to do it. But it'll be interesting as we sort of continue to move them up the ranks as to what they're supposed to do. I'm going to link in the show notes this chart that my wife gave me that talks about at what ages children can do various things from walking the dog to hanging up their clothes, to tidying their rooms, to doing laundry, and it sort of gives a range. So maybe you listeners out there can have a sense of what might be age appropriate. Well, for us, I mean, that that's a really good point. I mean, for us now, my girls are old enough. Um, you know, when they were little, we would have a little list of like, okay, you brush your teeth, you floss your teeth, and they just kind of would follow this little list. Now their list is like, rub dad's feet, shave dad's back, um, you know, make dad a drink. Those are Those are more age appropriate now. So I've seen your back. What do they use a weed whacker? <laughs> the research or the uh, article that I looked at talks about just some of the pros of actually having your kids do some chores. It makes them more self reliant. They become more responsible. Uh, it can help have social, emotional, academic benefits, and it just sort of gives them some accountability around the house. But I think the big question then becomes: Do they get paid to do the chores? Well, as Chris said no allowance in his house. There was no allowance in our house either. But there was one time where I paid Allie for a chore. Dandelions. Dandelions. <laughs> and she's motivated by money. And I would pay her a penny per either yellow dandelion, white dandelion, we, we hope it never got there, or just even the the closed bud. Oh, yeah. And she made bank because we have a big <laughs> yard and we have no dandelions now because she did, did such a great job. But that was the only time we paid our kids or a kid for work. And it was chemical-free weed management. It was very earth-friendly. Way yes. to go, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, so that's actually what this article said. It said, don't pay the kids for the everyday parts of being in a family, unloading the dishes, uh, making your bed, that sort of general upkeep of the house. But if you would pay somebody else to do it, then pay your kids. Oh, so maybe if you'd be willing to pay for someone to mow your lawn, and then your kid mows your lawn, well, then you can pay him for that. So I like that approach, Chris, that if it's a special project or just something different from just being part of the family, yeah. that, that can be okay with some payments. And, and, I, I, and I, I'm not opposed to an allowance. I got a, well, 
dating myself again. I got a two dollar a week allowance when I was a kid, so I mean something nominal. I think it's yeah. fine, but you don't want to be giving kids you know twenty, thirty, forty bucks a week for doing things yeah. that they should be doing. Yeah, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it, but I think there's pitfalls either way yeah. you do it. Yeah, for sure. And so for you know, sure. if the kids feel like they're getting paid to do everything, they're going to feel entitled, and then they're yeah. going to say, "Why would I make my bed if you don't pay me for yeah. it?" The articles also indicated that if you are forcing them to do the chores, then it sort of becomes counterproductive. Yeah. So how do you create an environment where they are responsible enough that they're going to notice what needs to be done and then they care enough to do it, right? Yeah. Because one approach would be they're obedient. I tell them to do this, they do that. And that might work for a period of time, but the other approach is make them feel like part of this family unit. And so how do you foster that uh, over time? And I think part of it is just starting young, like the three-year-old throwing mm -hmm. the dishes yeah. on the floor. But sort of, was that something you guys thought about, how to make it so it's not a chore, but just yeah. it's part of the togetherness of the family? Well, the timing of that question is so perfect right now because we were unloading our car last night. And I'm looking at everything in our kitchen and family room area that we've unloaded from the car and I, I said where's where's the cooler now I've done all sorts of stuff getting things already in the house and unloading the luggage and my oldest looks at me and says yeah your cooler's still in the back of the car dad your cooler yeah it's like no 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 like think go out there and get the cooler like we're all unloading this car we are a family together and so we are really actually struggling with that right now Nathan with the 12 and 15 12 and 15 year old, 12 and yeah, 12 and 15 year old. I didn't want to mess up their ages again. In recognizing that stuff, you know, like, hey, we are all pitching in, make that effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and as we know, kids are going to try to cut corners whenever they can <laughs> and not do sure. extra things. Yeah. But I think that it, it's just, Nathan, you're right. The younger you can start and make them help them understand that what they're doing is just adding to what we do as a family. Yeah. That is, that's the right way to do it. And you're going to face problems when they're teenagers. They're going to complain. They're going to moan. They're going to not want to do things. <laughs> and that's just par for the course. Yeah. But it's just a matter of reminding them that, hey, we're in this together, right? Yeah. And let's all get this yeah. done. Because if we were able to get these chores done, then we're able to do some maybe some fun things or go someplace or do something that we normally couldn't do. I'll advocate that when you are deciding what your child is going to be assigned for chores, again, letting them be involved in the process is helpful. There'll be more buy-in and they might negotiate a little bit with you and yeah. that's okay because that's a skill you want to teach them too. Sure. But, you know, just sticking to it and really striving to have the kid just take on responsibility and want to do it for the benefit of the family. Right. All right, our third and final beer is the, I hope I say this right, Freem IPA. It is says, it? IPA lovers rejoice. Aromas of peach and papaya with refined notes of pine and lychee fruit await you. Wait, wait a minute. When we were in college, was there any fruit in beer? No. Yeah, Natural Light had a, had a hint of juniper and, and guava. Wouldn't you put... An orange slice and like a Hefeweizen or something, yes. or a lemon or That's whatever true. it was. And a lime and a Corona. We've talked about that. This, um, I get a hint of, I thought it was orange, but what did you say it was, was Nathan? Papaya. Papaya. Hmm, I've never had papaya, I don't think And so. lychee fruit. I've never had that either. But it's, it's not like just any. Together. It's refined notes of pine and lychee mm. fruit. 
not your regular lychee fruit. This is good. So, small side story. Josh Frame, who owns Frame out of Hood River, went to Western and really learned how to brew uh, thanks to the Kempers at Chuckanut Brewing. Boy, the Kempers are amazing partners with brewers. They, yeah. And they, they are masters. I mean, they... Yeah. They, they win make, awards all the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, we've so, gone through the Twin Sisters Brewing Pilsner Czech style from now on. We've gone through the Elastic Shadow from Kulshan Brewery. That's their Imperial Hazy India Pale Ale. And now we've got the Freem IPA. How would you rank them, Chris? Uh, that Kulshan Hazy was... Re- and maybe it's because it's a warm sunny. That was just refreshing and tasty. Easy to drink. And I'm not a big IPA guy. I like IPAs, but I don't love them. It's especially real bitter IPAs with Cascade Hops. That was easy to drink. Second favorite might be actually this Freem. That's really good. And then the Twin Sisters one is fine. I like some of their other beers for sure, um, but that's how I'd order it. I'd go the same way. Um, I think the Freem Hazy IPA is better than this IPA. Uh, oh. You've had Freem's Hazy IPA? Yeah. Oh. So we're and, comparing okay. apples to oranges here, basically. <laughs> there you or go. apples to papayas. So what <laughs> would you like better, the Freem Hazy or the Colchin Hazy? I need to compare them side by side, but the Freem Hazy is pretty darn good. Mm. Good good segue to having us do this again. Okay. Yeah, maybe not a bad idea. Maybe we'll do it on site at Freem's Brewery. As always, thanks for listening, and thank you to our sponsor, Robinson & Cole Attorneys. And if you would like to reach the show, check us out on our Facebook page or email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we'll interview Reed Frederick of Whatcom Educational Credit Union. We'll talk a little bit about the importance of kids learning about saving money. I don't know if you can put that in the podcast or not. But yeah, probably not. <laughs> I might edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs>